You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today we talk about BYU's latest win on the hardwoods, downing Utah State. 10 is here, my friends. BYU beating the Aggies for the 10th straight time. We'll break down that contest. We'll also talk a little bit more about BYU football. An interesting development in the recruiting world involving a former BYU recruit, a guy that BYU had interest in, and a high-level coach who apparently decided to skirt some rules. We'll talk about that as well. We'll also talk about what's going on in BYU sports outside of football and basketball. The women's volleyball program having a huge opportunity in a matinee affair today in the NCAA tournament. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. Today's title sponsors are friends, our new friends over at On Location. They are the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. All right, without further ado, let's dive in on a Thursday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 9th. 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Hope you all are doing great out there. A little bit of my background, if you're new to the podcast, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as an executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And, of course, I spend my, I guess, off hours talking BYU sports on the daily right here on your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Always a pleasure to be with y'all and hope y'all once again are doing fantastic. If you have not done so already, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts in particular, but really anywhere you can leave a review or rating, whatever it might be, please do so. Your guys' support is critical to the success that we have here on this podcast. So thank you for your support as always. And if you're new to the show, welcome in. Hopefully you'll be with us every single day. There are thousands of BYU fans who tune in. We got a really, really fun community community and thank you for joining us all right let's get going here and talk some BYU basketball on the tip here and that is BYU makes a 10 straight wins over the Utah State Aggies by virtue of an 82 to 71 victory over Utah State last night in the Marriott Center and folks I need to issue a public mea culpa after that loss to UVU last week, some of you may have listened to the podcast after that, and I made it sound like, and trust me, I was as down as anybody on this. That was a demoralizing loss for BYU to lose at UVU, and I felt like the fact that BYU was suddenly down their two best big men in both uh, Rich Harward and then obviously Gavin Baxter was going to doom BYU. I felt teams like Missouri State, and in particular last night's game against Utah State, those were matchups that the size disparity BYU suddenly faced with. And obviously on the roster, they're not necessarily disparity if you just look at the sheer numbers. But you have two freshmen, Fusini Traore, Atiki Ali Atiki, who are your true big men for BYU. Both of them are freshmen. And the thing about this is I felt like both Missouri State and Utah State were going to make BYU pay on the interior. I was wrong. I 
can admit that. I, I freely admit when I am wrong. It's one of the things I enjoy about this is I can come on and kind of talk about what happened. And the nice part was at least the last two games, and obviously there's still a long way to go in this season, and we'll see if it ultimately does hurt BYU, the fact that they do not have much depth in their front court. We don't have those freshmen out there. We'll see how much it affects them as they move forward. But they have reinvented themselves. And Mark Pope said last night in the post game that they're not necessarily sure what they're ultimately morphing into right now, speaking of his team and BYU men's basketball program. But these are two big wins. I felt like BYU suddenly could be on a three-game losing streak coming into this podcast today. I thought losing to Missouri State and Utah State was absolutely on the table. A matchup with Creighton on Saturday? Yes, that is another opportunity for a team that has got a lot of talent is one of the better teams out there. They play in the Big East, and most people believe that the Big East is one of the premier basketball conferences out there. Well, you can believe they're going to look at BYU's tape and trying to find a way to beat BYU. We'll preview that game more and in its entirety tomorrow on the podcast, but I'm really impressed with what BYU's doing. I'm extremely impressed with Caleb Lohner. Uh, Gideon George was back despite having a week off and apparently losing 12 pounds due to the illness he was dealing with. And by the way, the illness that's been going through BYU's athletic department has affected both the men's basketball as well as the BYU football programs. Pretty nasty. So uh, I hope that everything is... A-okay now. Guys are getting back to full strength, but I'm really impressed with what Caleb Lohner has shown in particular in filling in for a guy like Gavin Baxter and also for a guy like Rich Harward. Who knows if Rich Harward ultimately ever gets back onto the court for BYU this season or even moving forward. Heart issues, cardiovascular issues is what uh, they have described it as are nothing to trifle with. It is my sincere hope that you get to see him back on the court at some point, but in the meantime, I'm I'm really liking what Caleb Lohner is bringing to the table. I thought he had a really, really good game for BYU. He only had five points. He only had three rebounds and three assists. But still, his impact was immeasurable. He was very good in tandem with guys like Seneca Knight as well as... uh, 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 Gideon George, I've forgotten the name there, at really guarding guys like Justin Bean and keeping Justin Bean in check. And keeping him in check is relative. He had 20 points, but only 7 rebounds. Brandon Horvath, the other big man uh, for Utah State, he had 14 points and 7 rebounds. But relatively, Utah State was not able to control the game like you thought they might with their ability to rebound. BYU re- out-rebounded once again another team that would figure you would think to have an, a rebounding advantage. BYU went 31 total rebounds to 26 for Utah State. And if you're a Utah State fan, I don't know uh, how many of you guys are actually listening. I know our good friend uh, Aggie fan Dan out there listens on a fairly regular basis. But if you want to point to something that Utah State can point to in this loss, 9 of 20 from the free throw line. Okay, Aggies. Wow, that is awful. By the way, BYU opposite of that, 19 of 22. The free throw shooting woes that have affected BYU at different points so far this year, they were not evident in last night's game. 86.4% from the charity stripe. BYU as a team shot 50% overall from the field. The more important number, 45.8% from beyond the arc. A very efficient shooting night for BYU. This was a big win for BYU because I think Utah State 
They're going to be an absolute contender in the Mountain West. They have suffered back-to-back losses here, a narrow one at home against St. Mary's and then against BYU. So they're 0-2 versus the West Coast Conference in the past two games. But I truly believe you are going to see them make a lot of noise in the Mountain West Conference. And this is going to be a good-looking win once again for BYU's resume going into Selection Sunday next March. Ultimately, I think that that Utah State, not Utah State, Utah Valley loss, the UVU loss for BYU, the only blemish on the record right now. Yeah, it's not a good look just in terms of the overall perception. But if UVU does what we think they can do, and them losing to Southern Utah last night, a little bit disappointing. Obviously, they had a little bit of a letdown going to Cedar City. But if they do some some big things in the whack, that could ultimately be, I guess, a quote unquote quality loss. It could be a quad two loss, which is not going to hurt you all that badly. So. The good news is, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from BYU right now. I will give them full credit because I thought they were going to be on a three-game losing streak potentially when it came to this edition of the podcast. But the good news is, they've rebounded nicely with back-to-back wins, and now they turn their attention to taking on Creighton to, uh, on Saturday. So that'll be uh, two days away. Uh, morning affair, 10 a.m. Mountain Time in South Dakota. Um, I don't know how many of you saw. I retweeted on my Twitter feed last night at Jacob C. Hatch. Uh, Robbie McCombs from Vanquish Defoe put out a photo of the quarterback apparently they might be playing on has four different free throw uh, not free throw three point lines on it didn't look good I hope that's not the case but a huge matchup all the same against the Creighton Blue Jays out of the Big East and as I mentioned we will preview that matchup more on tomorrow's podcast all right coming up here in just a minute we need to talk a little bit about what's going on with BYU football John Canzano from the Oregonian one of the foremost writers a a guy who is doing TV radio and also a columnist up there uh, saying that Kalani Sitake has officially spoken with Oregon and also some thoughts on a interesting recruiting practice that could be working its way into the forefront of what BYU might want to be concerned about. We'll talk about all of that here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our title sponsors. We mentioned our friends at On Location. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game. Speaking of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days in away and On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. You can select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends, guys like Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more, plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Sounds like a good time, folks. I would check it out. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's locationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. That's our good friends at On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at NetSuite. My friends, this is the scenario. This is it. The putt that will win you the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth as a company. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, 
and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one local spot. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. Let's take a minute and talk about some news involving BYU football. Got two different things you need to touch on. I originally meant to talk on one, but when a guy like John Canzano, and some of you may not know who John Canzano is, but he is the sports columnist for the Oregonian up in the Portland area. One of the foremost minds when it comes to sports media in that area. Does a lot of TV and radio work as well, hosts his own radio show. This is a guy who knows a lot of people. He is one of the guys who really is a mover and a shaker in the media world up there and he tweeted this out last night. Oregon Ducks have talked with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake about their coaching vacancy per source. Unquote. Now, this should not come as a surprise to anybody listening to this podcast. We have talked about this. Kalani Sitake, when you go 21-3 and and I'm expecting him to be 22 and three by the time that their bowl game goes off a week from Saturday. Anytime you have a program that does that, you are going to have interest in your coaches, in particular your head coach. There are programs out there who want that level of success, and if they see that BYU is having that type of success and the fact that they feel like they can pay this coach more and give him more resources, all that stuff, they're obviously going to have that conversation with him. Does this mean that Kalani Satake is headed to Eugene tomorrow? No, absolutely not. I have had it expressed to me that BYU is working on things, and we have to take Tom Homo at his word earlier this week on BYU Sports Nation saying that they are working on some stuff with Kalani. Do I expect them to make an announcement tomorrow to make sure that he's locked up? I can't say for sure. I've, I've got people saying that they should have announced it yesterday. Well, anybody who knows what BYU's machinations are when it comes to anything with that university knows how slow the ball really rolls in Provo. And I'm not going to trifle with it. Uh, I've got a personal experience with it via some family members who worked at the Y. It's just a slow-moving process at BYU, and it, especially when it comes to the athletic department. I will say this once. I'll say this again. Kalani Satake, I truly believe, wants to be long-term the head coach at BYU. But... If he does not feel like he's getting the adequate resources, the necessary support that he feels like to have sustained success at the top of the BYU food chain when it comes to the football program, he will obviously look because he wants to have that stability and the opportunity to win at the highest level. The good news is BYU is going to the highest level. They are joining the Big 12. They are going to be Power 5. They will have doors open for them beginning in 2023 that have not been open to BYU since since that illustrious 1984 season. And many people out there say that 1984 will never happen again. Well, joining the Big 12 opens at least the door of opportunity for BYU to ostensibly become national champions once again. You need an elite-level coach to get you to that promised land. Kalani Satake is an elite-level coach. 
I also would not be surprised. Let's, let's just say it's a hypothetical scenario. I've seen it out there saying that Oregon may want to reunite with Chip Kelly. Well, here's the thing. If UCLA loses Chip Kelly, guess what? We'll be right back in the same spot talking about Kalani Satake potentially moving to Westwood, California to be the head coach of the UCLA Bruins. He is going to be on a never-ending cycle of getting attention from these top-level programs until he makes it explicitly clear that he is not interested in going anywhere. I believe Kalani wants to be at BYU long-term. And so long as BYU puts money where their mouth is, I mean literally puts money where their mouth is, he will remain in profile. That's my sincere belief. That's my gut feeling. Many of you who've listened to this podcast for a long time know, know that I, I look at numbers, obviously. I talk about numbers. But I am very much a guy who is an eyeball and gut feeling type of guy when it comes to my sports takes. It is my gut feeling that Kalani wants to be in Provo long term. He wants to be the next Lavelle Edwards. And that's probably too much pressure to put on any, any one individual. But he, it's his mentor. He, the guy he emulated and he wants to emulate late as a head coach. I think he wants to be in Provo long term, but he does need to feel like he is being taken care of and being being given the resources necessary to continue to have the success he has built with albeit pretty limited resources so far. So very interesting situation to see what happens, but I look forward to seeing how everything plays out. Now, the other story we need to touch on today involves Andrew Gentry, a guy that many of you out there were hoping that BYU might get some interest from with regards to potentially signing with the Cougars after the Virginia situation involving Bronco Mendenhall caused him uh, to apparently decide to begin evaluating his options otherwise. Now, Very interesting situation because the news came yesterday that he's officially committed to Michigan despite him being on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Utah, Spanish-speaking mission. I don't necessarily know which mission he's serving in, but then a picture popped up on 24-7 Sports of Andrew Gentry in full uh, missionary garb, so shirt, tie, the name tag, all that jazz, with Jim Harbaugh, University of Michigan head coach. As I said, Andrew Gentry is serving a mission in Utah. He is not serving in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, Jim Harbaugh, ostensibly, and I I would assume this is the case, him and some of his assistant coaches, one of them being former BYU defensive lineman Sean Nua, who is an assistant for Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan, were in Utah, met up with Andrew Gentry, and secured the commitment of a 6'8", 300-pound offensive lineman who is a four-star prospect. Now, I threw that out on Twitter yesterday saying that this could be a whole new world of recruiting. And of course, all of a sudden got inundated with a bunch of Utah fans saying that, hey, at least BYU and some of these other local programs aren't stupid enough to get a picture posted online. This is what BYU does all the time. Let me be very clear about this. I have been working in the media covering BYU for the better part of a decade. I have heard accusations time after time about BYU recruiting guys on missions, sending letters, having Zoom calls with these guys, phone calls, and convincing them while they're out serving the Lord to come to BYU. You know how many people have actually put hard and fast evidence in front of me of that? I can tell you this much. Zero. I don't believe it for a second. When I will take, and if they are doing it, so be it. But I will take Kalani Satake at his word that he says we do not recruit guys on missions. Jim Harbaugh has pulled something that I, if I truly believe, if 
Blake Anderson at Utah State had done it, if Kyle Whittingham at Utah had done it, and especially if Kalani Satake or any BYU assistant were caught doing this. A picture of them with an, a missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints announcing he is committed to BYU or any of these other local programs while he is serving a mission. It would just melt down rivalry Twitter. It would just melt down BYU, Utah, Utah State Twitter because all of the hot takes were there. And there were plenty of hot takes yesterday, trust me. I don't think this is something that BYU uh, wants to get involved in. I don't think they will get involved in it. But if this is going to be how certain coaches are going to operate, and Jim Harbaugh, credit to him, he's just doing what he needs to do, he feels like, to secure the talents of a top-level recruit. So, you know what? He's doing what he, he needs to do. So good on you. You found a loophole and you took care of it. But BYU needs to be very wary of this because after a year's time in the mission field, based on what I understand, I, it's changed. It used to be 18 months, but it is now a calendar year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, National letter of intent is officially null and void for a student athlete. So any guy who goes on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after a year in the mission field, they are in essence a free agent, can sign with any college football program at that point and have no repercussions for it. Jeff Hansen pointed this out from Cougar Sports Insider yesterday that Stanford actually sends a name image, uh, not a name image likeness, that's NIL, a national letter of intent actually to guys who are on missions after a year in the mission field and has them re-sign uh, that national letter of intent to keep them locked up with the Stanford Cardinal. If BYU wants to avoid a situation like this moving forward, that may be this, that may be the way that they need to operate moving forward as well. It might make for a clunky situation with regards to uh, NCAA rules and all that jazz, but if Stanford's doing it, you might want to consider doing it because this seems like a pretty interesting loophole that Michigan has exploited. Do I think that Andrew Gentry was necessarily going to pick BYU? No, I don't think so, but... But, uh, man, it's not a good look uh, to have uh, a Power 5 coach, the number two ranked team in the country, show up in your backyard, take a picture with a missionary who is serving a mission, and get his commitment while all while he is ostensibly serving the Lord. And I'm, I, I got nothing against Andrew Gentry. Let me be clear about that as well. His mission president obviously signed off on him meeting up with Jim Harbaugh, I would imagine. I don't think he would have just done this and been like, yeah, come on over, Coach Harbaugh, let's chat. But... Ooh, it's a it's an interesting new dynamic in the recruiting world, and I'm telling you what: had any local program done this, imagine what it would have been. Michigan's a little bit different, obviously, because they're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and all all that jazz. But boy, howdy! If BYU were caught doing something like this, and trust me, I, like I said, I have never seen hard and fast evidence of this. I, I so badly want to see the receipts from people that claim they've got them because trust me, I've heard all about the receipts out there, have seen none, but I would love nothing more uh, to see this meltdown. But if it had been any of the local programs, and in particular had this been BYU pictured with a missionary who was committed to another university and BYU secures the commitment of that young man, that would have just been fire, as they say on Twitter. So some interesting times on the recruiting front for BYU football and obviously with regards to their head coach. I I am sincerely hopeful that BYU gets things done and keeps Kalani home in Provo for the long term. Lock him up, folks. Hashtag extend Kalani forever. And 
Forever is a relative term, but still, take care of the man. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will round out today's show with some other news and notes involving BYU sports. The women's volleyball program looking to make it to the Elite Eight. They've got a matinee affair today out in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about that, and we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news in just a second here. First, though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Made In. Of course, they've been advertising with us for the better part of over a year. I have some Made In knives, and I got to tell you what, folks, I am not a guy who is very good in the kitchen. I will admit that wholeheartedly. If you ask my wife, I'm downright horrid cooking in the kitchen. One thing that has been very helpful to me, though, in my attempts, I guess we'll term them, to be a better person cook. I, I didn't even know how to describe myself in in the kitchen, but no matter what, made in their cookware, their knives have made my meager efforts that much better. The best part about Made In is they have quality craftsmanship. You need to check them out at Made In. They are a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and wine glasses in addition to knives. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the market up. Their products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. My knife, I've had it probably for a year now. It's as sharp as the first time I pulled it out of its box. They have over 40,000 five-star reviews and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. So check it out, my friends. That is made in. They're offering all of our listeners a 15% off your first order with the promo code Locked On. It is the best discount available anywhere online for made-in products. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and once again use that Promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on. That's made in better cookware for better meals. One final time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap. And simply put, Intercap gets deals done. They offer a quick and simple process, but more importantly, though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And having gone through the home loan process multiple times myself, I know how stressful it can be. That is the goal of what Intercap wants to avoid with you guys. And that is what their personal loan officer for us here on the Locked On Network and Locked On Cougars, Steve Carter has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners in the past four to five years, including Locked On founder David Locke. So my friends, if you are looking for a new solution when it comes to refinancing, buying a home, all of your mortgage needs, Intercap is the place to go. And though Intercap is new to working with us here on Locked On Cougars, it's not a new company. They've been assisting customers on all of their mortgage needs since 1978. Excuse me, That is 43 years of experience behind them. And Steve Carter has been working with Locked On listeners since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states as well. So if you need their services, give Steve a call. His direct number, yes, this is a direct number to Steve Carter himself. 385-800-8528. 385-800-8528. Or you can go online to learn more at intercaplending.com. Fantastic company. Great guys. I've met Steve. Great dude, I I would truly believe you would be well served to at least have a conversation with him before moving forward. So once again, reach out to him directly, 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. 
Before we go on this Thursday edition of the show, let's run down the other news and notes involving BYU athletics we need to touch on today. And first things first, best of luck to the number 11 seed BYU women's volleyball program. They take on number 6 seed Purdue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse excuse me, at 9 a.m. Mountain Time today. An early one, 11 a.m. Eastern Time back there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You can watch it live on ESPNU. This is a Sweet 16 matchup, the opportunity to move to the Elite Eight. BYU has been absolutely stellar all year long. They have won 30 matches to this point. I am rooting for the Cougars. Purdue obviously seated higher and expected to be the favorite in this one, but I will not count out BYU Women's Volleyball. If you did not see, by the way, Kenzie Korber's Deep Blue feature uh, for BYU TV earlier this week, I think is when it came out. What a phenomenal feature. The senior grad transfer from the University of Utah, convert to the LDS Church. A fantastic story, and I'll be rooting on the Cougars in this matchup. Hopefully tomorrow we're talking Talking about them moving on to the Elite Eight. We'll have more for you guys on that. Other things to pay attention to today involve BYU men's and women's track and field. Their indoor season opener is already here. It's called BYU Invitational 1. Uh, the men's team will begin action today at 11.15 a.m. Mountain Time. Women's team at the same time. It'll be inside the Smith Fieldhouse indoor track and field uh, competition all weekend long, if I'm not mistaken. It should go through Saturday. So best of luck to all of those student athletes involved in that. Obviously, we'll probably have some local other teams competing with them. Also, congratulations in order for BYU senior star Michaela Coulihan from the women's soccer program, the national runners-up. She's been named one of three finalists for the 2021 Mac Herman Trophy. That is the women's soccer equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. Coulihan is one of the greatest players in BYU women's soccer history. I can say that without uh, any trepidation in my voice with it. Uh, she should be deserving of having a chance to win this award. It will be a Announced at a banquet on January 7th, 2022 to formally announce this year's winner. I am hopeful that she is the winner, but no matter what, she will go down as an all-time legend for BYU. She passed up an opportunity to play in the NWSL, play professional soccer last year to come back and make another run with her team. They came one kick short of that national title. Congratulations to her. Very much deserving of being a finalist for that award. Now, final notes for you guys today is congratulations are in order for three BYU football players two of which are brothers, the Barrington brothers, Clark Barrington, BYU starting left guard for the past three seasons, as well as freshman offensive tackle Campbell Barrington have both received All-American honors. Clark Barrington is named to the Action Network's All-American second team. His younger brother and fellow offensive lineman Campbell Barrington, as well as BYU defensive back Jacob Robinson, both received freshman All-American honors from the uh, Athletic. Congratulations to all three players, all three of them very much deserving. Clark, by the way, this guy needs needs to be a bigger story. He has been an absolute stud since he set foot on BYU's campus. I can tell you this much because I know more of the background. He was essentially a recruiting uh, guy that BYU brought, brought in with the thought that getting him to BYU would be the gateway to getting his brother Campbell, who is the more highly thought of prospect, to Provo. The good news is Clark Barrington has transformed himself into an All-American candidate and an opportunity to play at the NFL level. Campbell, as a freshman All-American, by the way, Clark was all also a freshman All-American. What a duo for BYU to have found along their offensive line. And by the way, Jacob Robinson, 
transfers in from Utah State last year, obviously a COVID freshman and has an absolutely incredible impact at two different positions, uh, positions, excuse me, in BYU's defensive secondary at both uh, slot back, not slot back, nickel back, and then moving back to safety when Chaz Ayu and some other injuries popped up there. He has been a uh, sensation for BYU. What a find, what a guy to bring in, obviously an Orem High product who spent a year in Logan, but now he's at home in BYU and congratulations are in order for all three of those linemen, all of them deserving of these All-American accolades. And obviously, I'm expecting some more All-American accolades to be coming in the form of Tyler Algier, hopefully, because the fact that he had 20 touchdowns as one of the nation's leader, leading rushers out there, if he does not get All-American citations this year, I will be stunned, but we'll continue to track that and we'll bring them to you as they come out. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you for your support. As always, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. Feel free to reach out anytime with your emails, your comments, concerns, advertising inquiries. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And as always, you also can reach out to me on my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. I'm always happy to interact with you there as well. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go make LockedOnBYU. Big 12, your second listen of the day. I believe it is the crossover edition this week of the podcast. All the Locked On Big 12 hosts will be uh, talking about the latest going on in the conference, so check that out. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms. That's going to do it. Have a good one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 9th, 2021, and we will catch you guys manana. Mm-hmm.